It's that time again. We're back with another episode of It's Not, Not the, the End, end of, of the World. world. <laughs> I think I was late on that. No, that is good. <laughs> okay. We, we always question how well we do that, but I, I think it's it's pretty good. <laughs> so we're here to discuss um, something that you probably all have heard of, and we just want to elaborate on it, as always, and... Maybe hear back from you guys, because we've been posting some stuff to YouTube and Facebook recently, and we want to hear some feedback, maybe criticisms, maybe agreements, whatever you have in mind. So if you're listening, uh, be sure to give us a shout-out, maybe. And uh, we are going to go ahead and get started here. So we want to talk about something called the American Dream, now, I'm sure you guys have all heard of that and maybe have some ideas about what that might mean. But it's kind of a complex subject, and we're just going to focus on one small part of this American dream that we have in mind. And we're going to pick it apart and sort of maybe ask if there's some kind of problem with it as we move forward into the future. Maybe if there are ways we can adjust, make adjustments to this dream, because really it's an embodiment of what we think of as uh, perfection, I guess. What what we strive for, even though it, like it the might climax. not like it's the climax. Maybe it's... maybe the climax, but it's uh, it's a work in progress. In in my mind, I think so. It's like an ideal to strive for. Um, but for some people, it's a goal. I mean, we've all heard the story of, you know, people uh, working hard their whole life and then finally getting the white picket fence in the suburbs with a freshly mown lawn, right? So I'm here to uh, really focus in on that last particular part of what I just said, the lawn, the American lawn. There's... So much about it that we probably don't really think about too much because it's it's just such a a in a part of our culture. It's so embedded that we we don't really think about it when we drive past all of these acres and acres of freshly mown grass. So, what do you think, Brittany, is a good place to start here? Really, because there's really a lot that we could get into. Well, I feel like I should start off by saying I absolutely hate mowing my grass. <laughs> yeah. I don't... there's some people. I think it's fifty-fifty. Half people. If like, you have a like riding it. mower, yeah, I genuinely believe I could see why somebody would enjoy that. Maybe you know, or like I, I get the the proud moments people feel at the end of the day when they mowed their lawn and their house looks beautiful and their fence is perfect or however, you know, I, I could definitely see how that would be fulfilling. I just think for me, it's not only agitating because maybe it's because I have a push mower. I don't know. But I also get really agitated because my garden that sits behind my house where, you know, the rest of the grass, obviously that I have to mow because the garden's not there they have a lot of beneficial, what people would call weeds, I guess, but flowers that bees absolutely, you know, go crazy for. So if you don't mow, you actually are allowing the bees to get a longer feeding time and, uh, you know, 
just genuinely help your plants all around because of you know they'll bring if you have a garden specifically they'll bring those bees to, to your garden yeah and then helps pollinate the plants that yeah. you're trying to grow and that's something i want to do this year because last year i had a lot of plants that didn't get pollinated so i was th- looking into the whole hand pollination kits and stuff like that but then realizing that oh well by cutting the grass around my garden you know i'm killing all of those small little flowers i don't remember dandelions I don't yeah know dandelions and dandelions clovers are like yeah you know all those smaller flowers that grow and then the bees you know they really just love it i mean there's really nothing <laughs> and your then your plants love it because it produces beautiful fruits and vegetables based off the fact that that plant took you know male to female <laughs> doing the work for you it's beautiful so yeah But I think that's a good place to start specifically is just the mowing of grass in general. And not only like, you know, kind of let's we could kind of get into the theoretical idea of why we've kind of flown this way with, you know, the American dream type garden or the American dream type like. Uh, I guess lawn more to say than garden, you know, I mean, still you could have flowers. A lot of people, I think, that live in homeowner associated places they all they have like strict rules to follow so i guess it, i don't really know much about this but i wonder if places like that actually work to the benefit or not you know i know places in florida and a lot of other just in kentucky actually a lot any place that you buy a land that you can claim uh you can claim a certain tax credit i guess or something with that uh individual wildlife place that's associated with the state and if you grow certain types of native plants and things around your property they actually allow you to have tax cuts on your property Hmm. at the end of the year so there's a lot of things that some homeowner associations and places like that actually enforce they don't really give you the choice it's like well if you're going to live here you have to plant these three native (laughs) flowers in your front yard and yeah i could i could see that Especially in, in uh, certain states, certain areas, I guess. Right, but you better mow all those dandelions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you better mow all those dandelions because that's a nuisance. We yeah. don't like eyesores. So yeah, the only nuisance yeah. that happens when you let your grass grow <laughs> is that you really mess up your lawnmower. That's, that's true. That's the only thing I can think of. Because then know. when you do go to mow it, when you're forced to have to, to mow your grass, then it, it clogs up the mower, and yeah, that's not good. Which brings <laughs> us, could bring us to the fact that lawnmowers and gas-powered, I mean, we have some electrical-powered tools now yeah. that are like weed eaters, lawnmowers, things like that, but we gasoline, that's a huge, and you know, that's a huge, small little thing sitting in everybody's garage probably right now, or you know what I mean? Like, anybody that has a lawn that they mow probably has some kind of form of gasoline that goes in it. Yeah, there's um, a lot of resources in general that go into trying to carefully maintain American lawns. And I think that will open up our discussion to this bigger issue that we're facing as a culture, as as the world really right now, um, especially in what we consider the, the first world or developed countries where we're consuming a lot of energy to run our systems to keep us alive and to you know sustain whatever it is that we we want in our lifestyle and a lot of that is putting stress on the planet because of the sheer number of people that now exist in the world so 
in very particular ways, uh, we can try to change this and transform this on the individual level and let that, you know, grow up to the collective level and in, right. in the ways kind of we disperse out through itself. If in, a yeah. lot of individuals were doing it, it would make a huge impact in that area. Well, uh, to, to state what it is that they'd be doing is to, um, you know, find ways to, to let nature kind of, you know, take over so to speak, because we're used to having our lawns as like a kind of a secluded island for the family that is tamed and under control. So uh, people can do what they do on lawns. I mean, you know, have little family picnics and, you know, those are all great things. I don't think that we should end all of those <laughs> along, no, along with possible to have like play time, <laughs> yeah. you know, lawn and then also... Uh, <laughs> A lawn with substance. <laughs> but but here's the, what we're really trying to say is that, like, all of this stuff actually does take energy, like uh, water in places that don't really support lawns, like in California especially. <laughs> I was just about to be like, <laughs> California. <laughs> <laughs> yes, California, especially the, the lower half of California, I guess, um, is in a semi-arid or desert region. Mm. And in the desert region, there's not a lot of, like, Bermuda grass that grows on perfectly trimmed lawns, naturally. <laughs> so people have to use a lot of water to maintain it, their perfect lawns. And, you know, if if you've ever been to California before, uh, like the southern part of California, Los Angeles, San Diego, they, they have a lot of uh, sprinkler systems that are, like, in place in these communities that are activated at certain times of the day, and it's just to keep the lawns looking fresh. Right. It has become such a stigma to... To not have To that. look, at, you know, really <laughs> aesthetic on the outside, I guess. Yeah. I don't really... Yeah, I don't... I just... I think that comes down to culture, like we were saying, like the American dream culture, mm-hmm. specifically, it's, I guess. I mean, I guess everybody could fall into the category in some way, shape, or form with what, like you said, how it's something we strive so maybe like everybody's version of America, the American dream isn't significantly the same, I guess, if that makes no, sense. No, so. but, but it makes up this collective and whatever is considered normal becomes the driving force right. for how we uh, compose ourselves, compose ourselves, compose our lawns, um, say certain things about certain topics. Because, I mean, that's, that's culture, right? It's kind of like a, a force of cohesion. It brings people right. together. And collaboration, there, yeah, collaboration. And when it comes to the lawn, we have this idea that it needs to be perfect and trim and neat, just like our houses, just like really our world around us. So we, it's almost like negating this process, this natural process from happening, which is to have weeds grow up. <laughs> And uh, have animals walk into your yard. And, well, actually, and grab the weeds. Yeah, the weed thing is yeah. on a more intense thing than I ever thought about. Like, yeah. I didn't even think that it was thought about the way that it is. Where there's a a book that I've heard of, I guess, where it's like a Japanese style kind of adopted thing where you just stop weeding. You don't till. You know, you don't destroy the the land to be able to like you know manipulate it yourself to be in control of what grows that there's 
ways for it to grow with weeds not being something that's, you know, mm-hmm. a nuisance. Because every weed specifically has some kind of shape for the environment if it's native to an extent. Sometimes we can bring things over that become, you know, very invasive. Yeah. But yeah. they were brought here for a, you know, a good reason, I guess you could say. So yeah, people people are trying and they to become plant weeds, things. and now it's like, oh, that's an invasive weed, kill it. Which, to be honest, you should. If it's something that we've realized that was brought here to help, you know, I think it was what was it the the some kind of tree in Florida, I guess. I think it was the Australian pine. So what happened was yeah. like they brought the Australian pines, and then they are very invasive, and they also have very very small root systems. So hurricane places like in florida you know those trees are uprooted in a second because of how weak their roots are Mm, and then they bring a beetle over to try and kill another beetle or something like that and then that kills the native trees and then they start to kill other animals so the beetle isn't killing the beetle they thought it was going to kill the beetle is killing all the native stuff so it's like we do things without really understanding but that's what we have to do it's like we're playing that game of well, this doesn't work, so we'll try this, you know, but we don't understand. Yeah, we're trying to find that warm spot, but we keep getting it real, real cold or really, really hot every time. It's like we we it's like a mindset where we it's it's back ass words that's what it is (laughs) it really is it's like well why why don't we just leave everything alone for a minute instead of (laughs) you know trying to execute everything that we think you know yeah it's worth under trying to understand it in that way i think because we there's a problem that we're facing right now especially with um all of these stresses we're putting on the environment where we we have to decide how to how to encounter these problems that we're facing because we're becoming aware of them but a lot of the the ways that we've managed to survive using the technologies we have that transform these landscapes transform our world are actually creating more problems so it's a matter of finding the right technologies to like back ourselves away from that because those technologies in themselves have allowed for life and you know propagation in some ways like human life and uh finding better ways for survival um you know like the industrial revolution i i think uh, the introduction of artificial fertilizer into how we grow our food has led to uh a population or it did lead to a population explosion so we can actually like attribute the fact that a certain number of people are alive to this invention of fertilizer so it's like we can't back down entirely from this this world this techno world that we're living in we have to find a way to utilize our technology to incorporate what we know about nature to make our world more natural and that's a challenge because technology in itself is a little bit it, it it's like it, it doesn't have to be against nature but it's like but we're in working some way too hard at this point yeah everybody's working so hard to figure out like what's the next best thing what's gonna save this the world? innovation yeah. yeah the what's gonna save the world's environment but also build our pockets yeah and windmills and solar panels man those two things <laughs> 
raised their pockets and also may have become something that was very temporary. It seems like a great idea, but when you think about further, you know, what I, basically to relate to what you were saying is we think of all these things, but we don't really understand the backlash from it. So when yeah. later on we find out like, oh, actually these windmills that you're creating, uh, they only last 20 to 25 years and they are very hard to reuse and recycle. They basically can't be. The material and everything gets so worn down and to a point where they don't have the ability to break it down and recycle it to reuse it for anything else. So it just goes and sits at the, at the dump. <laughs> and imagine yeah. how many we have of those in the world. And Same with solar panels. <laughs> and, we're, and we're pushing to build them because we we consider our lifestyle to be essential for survival. Like all of the things that that our lifestyle says we need to survive, we are striving to maintain that with all of the forms of technology and innovation that we come up with, like windmills and solar panels, or take it back in time a little bit and, and you have you know gas-powered cars and right and whatnot so like all these things to maintain this ultra efficient society that that has all the resources and needs in abundance and and enough to support an entire population of millions of people and it's like we're, we have to encounter all of this as <laughs> well we'll as encounter we it forward. at one time or another yeah like, we're, we're encountering it right now like this is this is all happening as we're speaking but it's just but so it's hard actually to... raining here okay in, yeah uh, <laughs> ohio little cincinnati ohio right now so we're good on the water <laughs> we're good on the water here. right isn't that how it works or isn't it still illegal to collect rainwater oh yeah that's another thing that's interesting <laughs> it's illegal to collect. I just, well that is sometimes it, things just seem contradictive that they yeah. you know the rules in place it's like there's always exception to the rule like oh hey you can pay us a lot of money do whatever you want yeah. oh you can't afford to pay us like sorry you You'll sit there and what you get and what you got <laughs> yeah. kind of idea, I guess. Yeah, and I, I think um, maybe a solution, not the solution, but a solution to all of this that we've been talking about might fall somewhere in line with finding ways to incorporate subsistence into our life. Subsistence meaning having what we need to survive and being able to maintain it in a self-sufficient way like, not being greedy is like the number one concept in that idea subsistence. yeah exactly there is no such thing as greed when you are genuinely just trying to have substance in your life yeah there's just no room for it truly and that you know whether that be with electricity or things like food production or you know how you know how distribution and capitalism you know and it, certain and companies can, that own a lot of everything like and it can be kind of on a spectrum i think like it's not that everybody in the first world should revert back to <laughs> some standard of living that is but can we I just don't know, is is like completely living off the land could you imagine no there's even a world where we did that just like could you I, imagine it i i don't Theoretically, know. do you have any idea of what you think <laughs> the world would be like after if we were to completely rid electricity <laughs> and have to 
you know, Ooh, have to adapt I, I, and change to a world where no electricity existed. I think that would create problems in its in its own way, like uh, a whole slew of problems that um, you know might not be worth going into really with um, the amount of time that we have left for just 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 this episode. Oh, dang! But, but I think time flies when tr- you're just <laughs> dissertating. <laughs> yes, uh, but I think. If we were to try to find ways to practice subsistence living and in a way that um, promotes this new idea, this new ideal of the American dream, then we can somehow bring ourselves down from like a, a catastrophic situation where we become so dependent on our technology and our ultra-efficient way of living that we, um, when faced with catastrophe, envi- environmental damage and economic you know, collapse, whatever that might mean for us in the future, that we can actually um, you know, still support ourselves. Like If we can find ways to, to regrow that, that kind of grassroots network that you know, like where we still have l- local farmers that can provide for communities on the community level. So in some way, localizing our economy, uh, localizing our way of um, of living. And I don't know if electricity is the problem per se. <laughs> I don't think we need to <laughs> need to get rid of electricity, but but back down from the amount of electricity that is necessary to support our lifestyle. I just think about how electricity is like the number one thing and that people not, go to when it, you know, like that's just like... And electricity in the way that we get it from fossil fuels, that's another problem. So if we right. want to dissect that from just purely electricity, because I don't know. Uh, well, like I said, though, we yeah. could use windmills and, and solar panels. That is something that would take a lot of the negative climate change effects yeah. away. But I'm saying like... Will it really? <laughs> because 20 to 25 years, 30 years later, those things are stuck there. They're going to, you know what I mean? They're, they're yeah. just, they're not going to go anywhere. It's, it's a huge piece of a mach- like, I don't, not machine, I guess, but just of uh, material. Like, and it's the material just, takes extraction of resources. Right. Which, you know, and... which is why little <laughs> things like composting make a big difference for, to kind of balance yeah. that out. You know, if we have, if we can't figure out ways, specifically to be able to bat you know to go to combat and battle these things and really win then the best thing to do is to just make sure that we're keeping balance throughout the world where okay so we are going to create these solar panels and these uh windmills that so that even small you know farms and small individual families can have some on their properties right and save them money save the environment well, little things like composting in your backyard might actually kind of, you know, doing those little extra things. Do you think maybe we'd be able to kind of balance that where it's okay to have some things that may be harming the environment if we keep thing, you know, some other things intact that are keeping well, it healthy? I, th- I think that's the way that we move forward. I mean, this, is, this would all be um, a work in progress because it's not likely that anybody could back down. Everybody could back down from all of the things that we use in our life 
At right least away. a lot of them, a lot of things. <laughs> Not everything, but a lot of things. Yeah, because in some ways we're 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 trying to um, we're trying to strive to mitigate all of these environmental problems, but at the same time striving for progress and and tech technological um, developments and uh, sort of you know continuing to build this little empire of civilization and civilization being this thing that is separate from the, the natural world. But if we're, we're to continue, I think on this planet, then we, we need to, to find ways to, to reprioritize how we invest our, innovation really and know? kind of think small scale yeah small scale i mean for sure like there, there are billions of people in the world right now that are going hungry every day because or they, they face hunger regularly because they don't have the means to produce food themselves and that is due to an industrialized world where all of the resources um, that that go into all of that are are kind of you know kept exclusive, and people that that live a life and don't have access to those resources um, might find it hard to to get by. You know, like kind of like living on on the fringe, I guess. Right. Really, like people that are unaccounted for, and. I think there are people out there that are finding solutions. It's just worth bringing them to the to the forefront. Maybe we could find some people like that. I don't know. We'd have to do some searching, maybe. But Probably. bring them on the show and talk about. Right. Yeah, and then just to throw that out there again, since yeah. Stephen mentioned it in the beginning, that we have that Facebook page, and a lot of people liked it, like 138 people so far, so that's pretty <laughs> radical, thank you, but also, we want you, even if you just want to messenger us, like, if you don't want to, like, be public about it, and you want to just messenger what uh, you think, you know, we should talk about, or things that you, you know, you, things that you could even potentially come on and talk to us about, it's just a learning experience here, it's just dissertating, and yeah. We're not against doing it with anybody else because it used to just be kind of Steven's thing and then I got brought in and now we've he's had his dad and he has another person that's, <laughs> you know, going to probably come on and talk. So Yeah, it's it's growing and we hope to continue this into the future, at least um, for some time. I mean, we get we get a lot out of it. We we want to we want to help spread the word about um, whatever it is we're talking about and and uh, have uh, people come on and share what they have to say, too. Right. I think one thing, which I think we should actually post as well, but maybe if you're listening, you could hear and message us again. Or, But, like, what are things that make you think of the world ending? You know? Like, <laughs> I mean, there's always these scenarios, even if you want to be dramatic about it, but, like, a day where you're like, oh, my God, this my, you know, the world is going to end, this day is crap, or whatever, like... <laughs> Genuinely, though, you know, I would, I'm kind of interested in that, of knowing, like, what makes people feel like the world's ending. Hmm. I mean, yes. there are obviously a lot of things. I think death, things like that, you know, <laughs> grief, such things. Like, those things can be like, oh, my God, well, yeah, the world's maybe, ending. Maybe, like, asking, what, what do they think of when, when they think of it's not the end of the world? Okay, or, yeah, I like that like, better. Or, like, what do they think of when they hear 
it's the end of the world or it's, I don't know, something like that. We'll, we'll, <laughs> How did we'll, you feel about 2012? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll, um, we'll reach out through social media and uh, hopefully keep in touch with all of our listeners. And um, as we move forward, we'll, we'll um, try to engage more, I think. We, we kind of just have been uploading content, but we'll try to to keep you guys posted on what we're all doing and maybe bring some more guests on the show. So I think that just about wraps it up for this episode on the American dream and all of its glory. Um, we hope that some of the ideas we shared with you today have sparked some thought about maybe uh, challenging the idea of what we consider our, our American dream to be. And particularly, um, in relation to our lawns. So maybe try to plant some native species. Look it up and figure out what what plants um, can be planted in your area. Uh, try and grow a garden because that actually helps to reduce some of the resource consumption that we, that we um, use in our life. And uh, you get something out of it. You get you get food. <laughs> that's a and great thing to have. That's a good thing to have, and we can we can share it. And uh, I think that will having that mindset will kind of help push us into the future as we find more uh, local solutions for these big problems. And we hope that this reassures you that it's not the end of the world. <laughs>